the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. Welcome, everybody, to the USL show. We have a special guest today. It's Josh Hakala of thecup.us is uh, what I follow him most for. Josh, uh, we got some things to talk about today, but uh, how are you doing, first of all? I'm good. How are you? Doing good, man. Straight from work. Sounds like we both got a busy day today, we, but we fit it in this 2 o'clock Central Time uh, hour here. Yeah, I, I was actually out to lunch, I think, when the, uh, the, the news about the Open Cup comes along. And I, I mm. that always happens to me. I'm usually out or I'm with my kids or something. And then I get like 40 text messages of like, hey, what's up with the Open Cup news? And I'm like, what Open Cup news? What's happening? And I know. I was out of town. So, like, honestly, I caught up with it last night when I contacted you or yesterday evening or whatever. So it's always the way it goes. Um, we we kind of all have our own lives outside of this world and we just catch up how we can, which is why we're here today. Right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, man. So why don't you go. What did you read once you were in uh, once you got that news? Let's talk about the details of the news drop. Well, the you know, the schedule. Well, first of all, the, the, the 2021 tournament is is done like there we assumed that was going to be the case but we never got the official confirmation of that so we got that um so there was no i I was actually in the back of my mind was thinking why i i have a feeling that like they're gonna spring an eight team tournament on us in Hmm. august or something i don't know well which how would you have felt about that if they had made it work this year no, I, I, I was against the the abbreviated version of the tournament okay. when it came out the first time. I, I just I, I feel like if you can't do it the right way, then just you know, and, and with with everything going on with the pandemic, it was just not should have just scrapped it and focused on the next year, which is what we're doing apparently now. So they they've scrapped twenty twenty one. And we're looking ahead to 2022, which could uh, we, we crunch some numbers with the number of teams that we're expecting next year. We could have the biggest uh, field of teams that we've had in the modern era, which could be over 100. But obviously, there's a lot of question marks as to how many pro teams are going to be. You sometimes have teams switching leagues and some might fold and you, you never know. So that's uh, that's kind of what we're looking forward to. Yeah, and, and we're looking at we're going to get into that real deep at the end, though. But I think it, it is something that you read that number and you're like, this is awesome. This is really good for all these amateur and semi pro teams. But at the same time, there's more pro teams now than there ever has been in history. So is that true as far as could we have less semi pro and amateur teams, even though there's more teams in general? Yeah, I, I have to feel like I feel like they, they're going to have to address that at some point yeah. where, where they're going to we're going to get to the point where there's just so many pro teams. And and I and I love the fact that they want to include all of them, but I feel like there's going to be a limit to the number of pro teams that you have and the amount of time that it takes to have a playoff between all of those teams yeah. and the amateur teams. And I, I don't want to lose the amateur aspect of it. I, I would I would rather have them, you know trim the fat in the pro division rather than get rid of some of the amateur teams, Ooh. which I, I feel like the amateur team, the amateur teams are kind of like the easy ones. They, they're like, Oh, we'll just have a few mm. less. 
but I, I feel like you, you, you don't want to reduce that too much because you lose kind of the whole, you know, cachet of the tournament. So I, I feel like uh, eventually we're going to have to address that. But I, what they're doing now is that, you know, and we talked about this before with the, with the tournament starting in March, like how this is really hurting teams that are in USL League 2 and, and the MPSL because so many of them depend on college players. And, you know, we had the Flint City Bucks and Reading United, you know, last year say we're, we're not doing this because we have almost all college players on our roster. So how yeah. can we do this? But they were the only ones that that officially pulled out, and eventually, you know, they didn't play the tournament anyway. But it was uh, it it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that's handled. Like, and not every USL League Two team, and not every NPSL team has a, a year round program. So, you know, I guess either the the teams are going to have to take a look at it and maybe adjust, and and maybe you know recruit some ringers in the off season or. I don't know. I mean, it basically makes the college players aren't going to be able to participate in the tournament if it starts in March. And if it starts in March, the majority of the amateur teams will be out of the tournament, you know, barring a Cinderella story or two in by May, which is usually when the college players join their USL League Two or MPSL teams anyway. So they're really kind of out of the equation with this format. So, and yeah. I, I know there's some teams that are happy about that, but, and, and I, and I, I don't like it either, but like the window that you have between trying to keep the pro teams happy with not having the tournament bump up against the playoffs and also have the, the amateur teams, like you only get your college players until early August at the latest, you know, there are some teams that the college teams will just pull their players and you don't want that either. So yeah. you kind of have to, you know, walk a fine line to, to keep everybody happy, which I'm, I don't envy that with the, with the Federation. Yeah, that is an impossible job. Absolutely. But I, I think the other good side that they mentioned in the article of starting so early is that there will be some weak windows where it's two weeks between each game. I know a lot of clubs, especially the lower level pro clubs have complained about being able to get their shit together and having time to, to get their stuff. So I imagine they're kind of appeasing the, the pro teams in that way. And so it's a win some, lose some situation, I guess. Well, and, and it's helping the amateur teams more than okay. because I think that was always the problem is that they would, and I've been calling for this for years that they, that they have at least a week in between games because you, you picture like an amateur team, you have a very limited budget, travel is expensive so you'd have a team that has you know in round one and have round two the next week so on a wednesday you'd have a game and then you wouldn't really know where you're going until you know after the wednesday game so you have less than a week to Mm -hmm. plan this and then if you're the home team you have less than a week to promote it and that's not easy either so i it's it's not a great situation for for anybody who's trying to either get to the game or host the game so I, I like that, although, you know, I, I put out, I put out a list, uh, a calendar a, a few years ago about how they could make it work where you put a week in between and you could still get the tournament done by the fall and not interfere with the playoffs too much. You know, uh, that was starting in May. So it yeah. would be a pretty consistent helping of the Open Cup throughout the year. So that would be challenging but really by the time you're down to the down to the end the final four you know you're not affecting that many teams so i I feel like it could work but i like the gaps in between games 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another th- thing that came to me, I don't think we've talked about this, but some people recently even have mentioned just getting the college teams into the Open Cup as part of the whole tournament. And that would kind of, you know, win some, lose some again, but, um, you know, just making them part of the tournament. How would you feel about that in general? I, I would be fine with that. Uh, I, I think that the they'd have to work out the logistics of the schedule. I right. mean, because the, the season's going to end the spring season for, you know, assuming this is all how it all works out ends in May. I mean, I guess are you on campus like for the rest yeah. of the summer, if you make a run, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's all going to work. I um, imagine colleges could afford it. I mean, they would want to. Colleges could probably afford that though more yeah, than an amateur sure. team. So like, I wouldn't feel more too bad. So That'd than, be a win. More so than a yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, we, we've had some college teams, the club teams, enter the tournament, but we've never had a, in, in the modern era anyway, never had a team actually qualify. But we had uh, the University of Florida, uh, Oklahoma tried, um, Louisiana Lafayette was another one. Yeah. Um, and those just off the top of my head, those are some that, you know, and BYU obviously had their, yeah. their PDL team or USL League Two team. That's what uh, I was trying to think of. So they, but they never, uh, they, they got in, but not in a, in the traditional sense, they just got in through the league. So it was, yeah. uh, so I, I feel like that would be an interesting way to deal with it. If you want college players to still be involved in the tournament, you don't want to, you know, prevent that, that talent from exposure to the tournament, then mm-hmm. maybe that's the way to go. I just don't know how to figure out the logistics of that. That would be, that would be right. tricky. I think Absolutely. the whole, the whole two season NCAA thing is tricky enough as it is throwing the open cup into it would just make it even more fun. <laughs> just add a third season. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. Like and, and for fans. Yeah. What do we care? That's great. <laughs> but, uh, but no, for, for, for the people organizing it, good luck. Yeah, exactly. We we as fans have a way of just making a Christmas list and telling everyone to deal with it and figure it out. So, uh, good you point mean, there. You, mean you can't just make the prize money ten million dollars. I can just yeah. let's do that. Why just not? Line up Pepsi and Coke. It's got to be easy. I'm sure they're dying to get into this awesome tournament as sponsors. <laughs> well, let's let's hope they can pull that off eventually. They're they're I hope so. they're, they're gonna. I, I guess you know with the the shifting of the. Um, uh, the landscape with the U S soccer federation and then, then some and everything else, like, you know, the open cup might have some, some fresh voices. Cheering so. for it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. That's the dream, right? Um, any other uh, things we need to review about uh, this news or the la- the previous year? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I, I just want to see what, uh, what the tournament holds. I, we have to wait for so long, I think is the problem. I, I think it's just so spread out and w- yeah. with the pandemic and everything like I think people really want to get this tournament back up and running and, um, you know, the number of teams, but then also just the format and like what they want to do with it. You know, I, I, I just, I'm just excited to get started. This is sort of like a, a just a little teaser that uh, that's come out. And now mm-hmm. we have that to look, you know, all these expansion teams and everything that are coming in. So I, I, I think uh, another generation every year, I say every year it gets a little bit better. And so hopefully, uh, Hopefully this is another step forward. So, you know, the games are still going to be on ESPN plus and all that stuff. Yeah. So I think that's, that's continues to be a big feather in the, the cap of the tournament. So, so we'll see. Massive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about this survey that came out uh, that Chris, Chris Kessel, um, the Chris Kessel with a K on Twitter. Um, I'm looking up at my TV now so I can kind of read this. There was a survey that came out from USS 
IFF, U.S. Soccer Federation. And one of the questions I think had to do with how is important, how important is it to you that uh, the amateur teams are involved in the tournament and asking all these questions. And so, of course, if they're asking a question in a survey like this, surely it means we should all freak out. And it's the end of amateur teams in the Open Cup. Is that correct? As you see it? Yeah, no, I, I've been hearing that forever. Like, I, I, yeah. I feel like there, there was one one or two. I mean, obviously, you know that the, the, the MLS teams don't have – some of the teams don't value the tournament as much as others. That's sure. I mean, we know that. But just because a few teams either, like, don't appear to, like, prioritize it as high as – I mean, that's true with England and the FA Cup. Like, not everybody's going, like – you know, to the wall over the FA Cup. That doesn't mean they don't care. It just, you know, there's it's a lot of there's lots of you know player management and the schedule, of the league, and everything else. Depending on where you're at in the league, affects your decisions as to like how you prioritize things. So I don't freak out too much when it when it comes to seeing things like that. I I also don't freak out about lineups. I feel like team people, like fans like to get really riled up about. Oh, well, this team's putting out their B team. Well, they played on Sunday yeah. and then they play again on Saturday. Like that's just, if you're playing a lower division team, the, the assumption is that if you are the, if you're the favorite and you're the, the higher level team, quote unquote, then you should be able to beat a lower division team with your B team. So I don't get too worked up about that. Um, that's how upsets happen. And that's, yeah, we love that. So why don't we just celebrate that? But uh, I think that um, I, I think with uh, asking the question, like, do you care about the amateur teams or like whether they're involved? I, I mean, that does like raise an eyebrow. Absolutely. <laughs> like, so yeah. somebody's asking the question, you know, <laughs> and, but we also, I, I feel like that's a pretty across the board. I, I might be a little biased in that, but like, I feel that's across the board. That's what makes the tournament special. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like, what, what are we doing? We're just like playing a, a pro soccer tournament that we do all the time. So I, I feel like if you don't have the amateur teams, you don't have something special. Like it's, it's, it's neat. It, it still would be cool if it was divisions one, two, and three, but if you don't have the a- amateur element, then it takes away a lot of the, a lot of the glory of the tournament, I think. Yeah. I mean, we're all here for the giant killers and I'm here for those B team guys. Cause the kids got to play, right. They get some looks with the first team and that's a rarity. And so the open cup allows that um, almost forces that in some way. So I'm with you on both of those things. And uh, I know I said, I made fun of people for freaking out. Listen, maybe we should freak out that much because then perhaps they're like, no, we're not touching that. Look at that freak out. So, I mean, I think it's good and bad for sure. Um, I don't want to lose those. Or, or, or maybe they're just asking the question. Maybe, I mean, maybe they honestly don't know and they just want to say, hey, it may, let's see if there is a, if there's a large percentage of the population that really doesn't care about the amateur teams. Then maybe you do have to look at that. But I can't imagine that the results of that question were like heavily. I can't even imagine there was like even a high percentage or even a, a smidge higher to say, eh, I don't need the amateur teams. So uh, unless you're just so in your MLS bubble that you just don't care about any of the other teams, maybe, maybe there's a few people, but I feel like most people, if you're, if you like the open cup, you, that's the part of it you appreciate. Yeah. In some ways it's the equivalent of like the 68 year old man who's grumpy and angry all the time and forgets what it's like to be a kid and have fun. Right. Then maybe they're just so removed from grassroots (laughs) soccer that they have no clue how cool that is. Uh, I could see it, I guess. Um, let's move on though. The, I think the last thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, at least before I give you freedom to mention whatever you want, 
um, is that we are going to, there is still going to be addressed the 2022 CONCACAF Champions League berth. It will be announced um, that would have been awarded to the 2021 Open Cup winner, of course. So, you know, we've, of course, gotten Atlanta United three times now for free instead of one. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, I really, I honestly don't know what, I mean, this is just an unprecedented situation. Like, yeah. I mean, nobody ever has to deal with this. So it's like, at this point, you can make up any logistic or any rule that you want for why they give that spot to anybody. I feel like they'll probably just give it to the, I don't know, MLS Cup runner-up or something, like just, mm. just for this year, just because there wasn't a tournament. Like, it seems silly to award a, a Champions League spot to a team that won something three years ago. Like, yeah. that that seems a little silly to me. I, I mean, if they really, if they want to give it to Atlanta United because they ultimately, like, didn't receive their reward for, you know, winning three years ago, then fine. I would be fine with that. But it, but if they, but if they really want to like do something that's more current, like a current champion or current runner up or something, I, I could live with that. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. That'll be another yeah. press release that comes out in you know, a couple months. So, <laughs> Yeah, right. And of course, we'll talk again then because there's going to be a lot more details. This is very much just scraping the surface. Um, anything else you yeah. want to mention before we go as far as Open Cup? Anything you want to mention? Yeah, we're. I mean, we're just, uh, we've used the time as wisely as we can. I think a lot of us were busy with life uh, during the, you know, during the pandemic and during everything else and, and trying to get uh, a new website going. We're, we're in the final stages of that. We're doing nice. some database come i guess you could say compiling all of our statistics that are in absurd numbers of spreadsheets and putting them into a database so that we can uh, make them available to people so they can look up open cup information so um so yeah we got that going on and of course uh, we're we're looking for people to help us uh, fund such an effort so maybe we can have a little podcast about the open cup we've got a lot of a lot of irons in the fire that we want to get going so we have a patreon account you know the at very easy at us open cup so if anybody would like to contribute to that and uh get our new site going and do, get a podcast going and do all sorts of stuff we got lots of fun ideas so that's uh just trying to make the the open cup more accessible that's the idea absolutely pretty much uh as i've said before picking up the slack of uh, ussf because uh they should be doing this kind of thing and, and you do it better pr- probably than they ever could have we've talked about that too actually uh so that's a fact at this point You're right trying. now so that's that's and money well spent for sure if yeah. you're willing to and do the that. historical research too I, I i shouldn't overlook the historical research that goes into it like uh, yeah. it's it's an embarrassing level of amount of time that gets put into it so <laughs> it's really um i i lots of rabbit holes we go down like we would just like google or look for a result from the 1970s the next thing i know i'm like you know knee deep into like the Bethlehem steels last years in 1933 or something like that. So it's, it happens to me all the time, but we're trying to, you know, unearth the, the history of the tournament, which is, you know, side by side, the history of the sport. So I, I feel like it's a, it's a good thing to, to have for future generations to look back on and they know like who all these teams are and where this came from and that it didn't start in 1996. So absolutely. Yeah. 
it's really, really good stuff. I love that you spend that much time on it because you do a good job. And uh, again, you, you show up U.S. soccer for sure uh, on a daily basis. Well, you should you, you should you should tell that to my wife. She uh, she doesn't appreciate it as much hey. as as much as I do. So she can, she can go to the, yeah. uh, group therapy with my wife. Absolutely. So. Yeah, right. Right. All right, man. Josh Hakla, of course, of the cup.us online. You can find him on Twitter. Um, Josh, thanks for joining me, man. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Hey, anytime. Thank you.